What is up, guys? And welcome to another edition of the Market Marauder Show. Be in the market one trade at a time. Hope everybody's having a great week out there, able to lock in some profits. Uh, so in this episode, I'm going to be talking about CBDCs. What are CBDCs? Uh, what are some countries that are already using CBDCs? And what CBDCs mean for uh, the U.S. and their plan moving forward on how to potentially enact them into our current economy. Uh, first things first, we're going to shout out the sponsor, Duck River Coffee. Make sure you guys will get a bag. Link is down below. Start your morning with a fresh cup of Duck River Coffee. All right, so let's jump into it on CBDCs. Uh, so CBDC basically stands for um, Central Bank Digital Currency. Uh, and so... It's basically a way that you can pay or make payments through digital uh, distributions. And so central bank uh, digital currencies or CBDCs are a digital form of government issued currency that isn't pegged to a physical commodity. So unlike the U.S. dollar, which or the U.S. dollar initially was pegged to gold um, until the law was enacted to where it wasn't pegged to gold. Um, so people may say, oh, well, it's not bound to anything. CBDCs are kind of similar to that. It's just another digital form of having currency exchange to buy goods and services in an economy. Uh, they're issued by central banks whose role is to support financial service services to the nation's government and its commercial banking system, set monetary policy, and issue currency. Examples of central uh, banks include U.S. Federal Reserve System, the Bank of Japan, the People's Bank of China, or PBOC, and Germany's uh, Deutsche uh, Bank. CBDCs are similar to, but not the same as stablecoins. Stablecoins uh, are a specific type of private stabilized, stabilized cryptocurrency pegged to another currency, commodity, or financial instrument with the goal of maintaining a relatively stable value over time. Unlike cryptocurrencies, which are decentralized, CBDCs, uh, are state issued and operated. So they're not decentralized. They are very much centralized. So what is the difference between, what are the different types of CBDCs and where are they currently in use? Uh, so there's, there's no one type of CBDC. Uh, wide variety approaches are being piloted in various countries. Uh, one type of CBDC is an account-based model such as Dcash, uh, which is being implemented in the Eastern Caribbean. With Dcash, consumers hold deposit accounts directly with the central bank. Um, at the opposite end of the spectrum is China's ECYCNY, uh, a CBDC pilot that relies on private sector banks to distribute and maintain digital currency uh, accounts to their customers. Uh, China showcased uh, the ECNY during the 2022 Olympic Games in Beijing. Visitors and athletes could use currency to make purchases with the Olympic uh, Village. Another model is the one under consideration by European banks, which is licensed uh, financial institutions. Each operate uh, a permission node on the blockchain network as a conduit for distribution of a digital euro. A financial model popular with uh, cryptophiles, but not yet fully trained by central banks is where fiat currency or currency that the government issued but not backed by a commodity uh, would be issued as anonymous fungible tokens to protect uh, users' privacy. Uh, at present, 87 countries represent more than 90% of the global GDP. Um, 
are exploring CBDCs. So here are some of the countries that are currently using CBDCs. Uh, you have Jamaica's Jamdex, uh, which was launched in June of 2022, uh, and is the country's first CBDC that uh, to be ratified formally as legal tender. Uh, it's a relatively simple offering with no advances or no advanced use cases, such as cross-border payment for smart contracts. Uh, Jamdex isn't blockchain-based, unlike the Bahamas Sand Dollar and Eastern European uh, Central Bank uh, Central Bank's Dcash. Uh, Nigeria, the first African country to roll out a CBDC, launched the Enaria in October 2021. Uh, the Sub-Sahara Africa is poised to adopt CBDCs. A widespread use of the M-Pesa, a mobile money transfer service, has established a strong social and financial infrastructure for potential future use of CBDCs. Uh, and then Project Aber is an initiative launched jointly by the banks of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab uh, United Arab Emirates that tested the use of jointly issued digital currency as an instrument for domestic cross-border settlements between two countries. Uh, so why have banks become interested in CBDCs? Uh, here are four you know, main reasons. Uh, plummeting cash usage, uh, growing interest in privately issued digital assets, decreasing sense of central banks as payment innovators, and then uh, rising global payment systems. So there are a multitude of ways that you can buy items uh, from country to country. Internally in each country, there are multiple payment methods that you can use. Um, there's still also crime that goes on with money, so there's still money laundering things that are going on. So having uh, CBDC can help to uh, mitigate some of those issues by kind of having an overwatching um, or kind of being able to see where those transactions are going to make sure uh, that those funds are being used legitimately uh, and for legal purposes. Um, so there are kind of benefits on, on both ends on why banks want to use CBDCs. So what are the potential benefits of CBDCs? Uh, reduced costs is the first one. Financial service providers uh, stand to save about $400 billion dollars uh, annually in direct cost by shifting spending away from physical infrastructure and towards digital finance. But reduced costs must be measured against significant investments in new technology that CBDCs will require. Secondly, you have increased speed. CBDCs could improve the speed and efficiency of many uh, countries' economic payment systems. Uh, this argument is being less compel compelling, but uh, is also something that's being considered. Um, you have greater access for those without bank accounts. Uh, just under 5% of U.S. adults uh, don't have a bank account uh, in 2016, and there were 1.6 billion unbanked people around the world. CBDCs um, accessible through mobile devices could potentially increase financial institution, uh, nor can increase financial inclusion, excuse me, uh, and for providers of digital financial services, mobile money presents a gateway to untouched markets. However, adoption isn't guaranteed. Many uh, underbanked people may favor total autonomy uh, afforded by cash. And then lastly, or thirdly, you have the heightened security. So developing a regulated digital currency uh, accessible via mobile devices could potentially enhance payment security by ensuring that a transaction is finalized and uh, unalterable, even without a formal bank account, reducing the chance of fraud. Uh, regulated 
uh, use of private key cryptography could enable users to sign transactions digitally, reducing the wait time for transaction to be irreversibly final and giving the parties greater peace of mind. So there are some benefits uh, of having a CBDC, um, and then there are some drawbacks that some people uh, may have as well. And so kind of as a use case, we want to see how uh, a country like China is using their CBDC. Uh, so private cryptocurrency is banned in China, uh, but the country has still been dabbling in digital currency. In fact, China's central bank or PBOC has uh, created the most advanced market application of CBDC to date. Uh, China's CBDC pilot of ECNY relies on private sector banks to distribute and maintain these accounts uh, for their customers. In late 2019, PBOC began testing ECNY through app and wallet-based payments for government services, shopping, transportation, and other commercial com consumer lifestyle uh, use cases. Uh, the pilot initially launched in four cities, then quickly expanded to five more. As of May of 2022, 4.5 million merchant wallets and 260 million transactions worth more than 83 billion uh, Remibi have been performed through the ECNY pilot. Uh, as an early look lesson for China's use of CBDC, found the following potential benefits. Uh, so there are four main benefits that have kind of come from using this new CBDC in China. Uh, it encourages financial institutions. Having a bank account isn't a prerequisite to use ENCY. Uh, customers without an account can download and deploy digital wallets from six authorized state-owned banks. Uh, and then number two, supports uh, known supports know your customer uh, protocols or KYC. Uh, CBDC, like blockchain-based cryptocurrencies, enables customers to use unique digital fingerprints to identify themselves to banks. Uh, this helps banks avoid working with unverified actors, which can deter their implication in fraud and other criminal activities, including money laundering. Third is reduces compliance costs for banks. The use of CBDC uh, could result in savings for banks related to transaction monitoring and reporting. And then fourthly, it simplifies government programs. Uh, it might be possible for ECNY to streamline the distribution of subsidies, uh, such as uh, transportation for employees. Um, and so ultimately, uh, I think CBDCs are a very interesting topic. Uh, they've been implemented in a lot of different countries so far, um, China being kind of the, the most data that we've gotten as a use case for how it can incorporate into an economy and how it can change a country's economy uh, as a whole. Uh, but next, we're going to talk about how the U.S., which currently doesn't have a CBDC, um, could potentially uh, get one or gain access to one. So uh, around October or around March of 2022, uh, President Biden signed an executive order called uh, Executive Order 14067, which was titled Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets. Um, it was signed, uh, and the ultimate aim uh, of the order is to develop digital assets in a responsible manner. Uh, the executive order addressed the potential national security implications of cryptocurrencies. Um, and so the executive order aims to develop a digital asset policy plan and organize federal regula regulators' efforts in this area. Uh, the order outlines five main goals, which include protection of consumers and investors, monetary stability, decreasing financial and national security risks, economic 
uh, competitiveness and responsible innovation. Uh, it also asks for more work to be done on developing a United States Central Bank Digital Currency or CBDC. Companies in the digital asset field uh, will likely see policy changes in the form of regulation and enforcement, but it might also give the market uh, and its participants more clarity. Uh, the order instructs federal agencies to conduct a wide uh, assessment of existing policies relating to digital assets and to submit report recommending regulatory and legislative reforms. Uh, the order does not change the way digital assets are governed immediately. Uh, nevertheless, it marks the start of a process to develop a regulatory framework that addresses all elements of digital assets. Uh, it demonstrates the United States uh, acknowledgement of the importance of digital assets and blockchain technology in the global financial system, as well as its intention to remain a leader in the global financial system through responsible payment innovation and digital asset deployment. So it's kind of a mouthful, but it basically is setting up the framework for CBDCs to be a reality into the U.S. Um, unlike some other countries, I think the U.S. is really taking um, all items into consideration. Um, you know, we had the FTX situation where a lot of investors lost money. With FTX falling, you had other companies like BlockFi and a lot of people who are connected to FTX really kind of fall. And since uh, cryptocurrency is not FDIC insured, there's no real regulation on it. A lot of those people just lost money. So, you know, that's something that a lot of people are considering. Um, it's not saying, you know, those investors were um, not smarter than other investors. Um, but, you know, the education is not really something that was forced upon people. So, you know, you have software wallets, you have hardware wallets, you have your token, uh, uh, your your seed phrase uh, for both of those. But, you know, if you kept all your money in a software wallet um, or kept all your money on the exchange and then that exchange went under, you're not really insured on that money being there. Opposed to having a bank like the uh, Silicon Valley Bank situation, that money was uh, FDIC insured. So when your money went down with the bank, then you got that money back with FDIC insurance. So I think you're trying to make sure that all of the um, insurance portion as well as the educational portion are considered as far as uh, CBDCs and just digital currency in general are concerned. I think this is a huge move forward for technology. Um, and there's going to be a learning curve for a lot of people uh, explaining, you know, what a hardware wallet is, what a software wallet is, uh, what a seed phrase is. Um, how to buy your cryptocurrency, uh, whichever one is decided to be um, regulated um, other than the CBDC. So um, I think Bitcoin in general was kind of something that a lot of people uh, are kind of looking at as like, oh, it's not real. You know, it's not something that I can hold. I can't go withdraw that and have something tangible. It's just, you know, numbers on a page. So it's kind of a different way of thinking. Uh, that a lot of people would have to really understand. I think the education part of it and the U.S. really spending the amount, spending the uh, money to build up the infrastructure and really kind of dot their I's uh, and cross their T's, shall we say, to understand how this cryptocurrency works so that people are protected in the future, I think is a great thing that the U.S. is doing um, to try to uh, understand all the multifaceted of this system to implement it uh, for people as a way that they can understand that's digestible. 
Um, it is a huge move, uh, you know, for a currency in general and understanding it can be confusing for a lot of people. Um, I know when I got into cryptocurrency, it was very confusing. I didn't really understand most of the stuff that was going on and just watching YouTube videos really can't help you uh, to understand all the multifaceted things that are going on in cryptocurrency because at the time that I would, got into cryptocurrency, uh, you had Coinbase was really becoming a thing. Uh, there are people who talked about Bitcoin, but it was kind of like this obscure taboo thing. And then when Bitcoin started to go up, a lot of people were like, I want to get into Bitcoin. I'm just going to put a lot of money into it. So you have people FOMOing into Bitcoin, not really understanding what the different cryptocurrencies are. They just thought Bitcoin was the only cryptocurrency. So there's definitely a learning curve and a big education curve for a lot of um, Americans that are out there, even though, you know, people such as yourself, listen to podcasts like this where you get information or you may be on different spectrums of learning. This may be new, old information to you or it may be new information to you, something you never heard before. There are multiple, multiple different spectrums as far as information and understanding is concerned that I think the U.S. is putting into consideration um, when trying to build the framework uh, for this CBDC. So hopefully that information helped you all out make a more informed decision. If you're interested in uh, cryptocurrency, um, you know, make sure you guys go look at some more videos uh, explaining, you know, how cryptocurrency works. Uh, there are different levels, multiple niche topics on cryptocurrency. I mean, you have the metaverse, you have um, ISO 222, which I talked about last week. Uh, you have CBDCs, which I just talked about now. Um, you have NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which is still a thing. Uh, people are still making and selling uh, NFTs, even though they're not as widespread uh, or as popular as they were uh, probably a year ago. Um, and then, you know, you have the different ways that you buy uh, and sell cryptocurrencies. So there's a, definitely a lot of learning to be done as far as cryptocurrency is concerned. Uh, but hopefully this points you all in the right direction to explain how CBDCs work. So I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.